Well, praise the Lord, church. What a mighty God we serve today. Before I let you be dismissed, let me clear something up. That wasn't Andrew's fault. That make y'all feel better. That was my fault. And it's not never, it's cannot be overrated. I just got in a hurry and he just copied it and didn't pay attention. But I'm glad everybody else did. Brought it to our attention and let everybody know. Now we can get it straightened out. But it's my fault, not Andrew's. God bless you, Andrew, wherever you're at. The pressure's off of you, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Lord bless you. Classes are dismissed. Thank God for our Sunday school department. And Hallelujah. We're serving a good God today for sure. Glad to know him by his name. Knowing by his blood, knowing by his spirit. But we wouldn't know none of these things if it wasn't for his word. His word. Amen. Praise God. I'm glad that God, even in the beginning, amen, had a plan to move on holy men and to help them and to inspire them. You know, that's one thing these children are coming. I know to a certain degree, I just, you know, and uh, if it gets too out of hand, we'll, we'll, we'll slow it down, put a little halt to it or whatever. But, but at the same time, who knows what may happen as we, you and I pray over them and ask God to minister to them, to touch them, to put a desire in them. As I noticed, some of them have even come up this morning so dressed, so nice on the outside. And that's great. That's awesome. But I said, God, only you can dress them on the inside. Now, we got to help. we got to part to take a part in that through prayers, through example, uh, through direction. Uh, That's what teaching, that's instructing, coaching, that's what it's all about. You know, you could talk about even, you could, you could move us into the secular world. And uh, anybody that's amount to much, made any achievements, held any high official offices, or acquired things on the ball fields or the political realms and uh, the business world, somebody helped them to get there. Somebody inspired them. Somebody... Uh, engaged something in them at some point in their lives to, to attain those. Nobody has ever got anywhere by themselves. <laughs> Amen. Not, not totally and completely. And that's both the good and evil. Man, that's, that's right. Uh, and so, as we look at our lesson today and uh, the power of it, and uh, I, I probably won't scratch the surface of the real power of this lesson today, you really have done any kind of studying on it and research about this particular lesson that we're going to be talking about this morning, uh, the Word becoming flesh. And uh, we're still in John's writings and going back to the first chapter in the first 14 verses and, uh, and a little further today if the Lord will give us the time here and or I should maybe tell you if you'll give us the time. God will give us the time. Sometimes it's us. It's us our us is here. 
Amen. That, uh, and I understand, you know, time, sometimes you can't stand with so much that you can. But um, where would we be today if it wasn't for the Word? And, and when you really begin to study it out and to see the power of it, of, of the effect it has. That's really it's so important. That's one thing I pray for even those children that are coming. God put a love in them for the Word. You know the reason Brother Nathaniel Wilson has accomplished and achieved what he has? Because in his early, early age of life, I've heard him tell us. I don't remember the exact age, but I'm, I'm sure he may not have even been a teenager yet. He was, he's very young. But something got a hold of him. And uh, even when he was supposed to go to bed, he would get in his bed, take the coverage, pull it over his head, sit up with a flashlight, and read the Word of God. Read it, just read it. And he encourages us a lot of times. He said, hey, you may not, you may not understand it. You may not understand a lot of it or all, you know, all of it. But if you'll just read it, you'll just keep reading it. If you just have a hunger for it, if you'll have a desire for it. And, and no, everybody's not going to be a Nathaniel Wilson. It's not meant to be that. You know, everybody's not going to have those same talents and abilities. And, but God, but remember something. God can form us and make us far more than what we can on our own. All good gifts come from above. Our talents and skills and ability, it's not something that we formed and shaped and made. To, now, we, we can. It's according to what we submit ourselves to and yield ourselves to. And, but again, we write back to the power of the word. Sometimes, you know, Paul talks about this as being what? Spiritual epistles. Sometimes it's not, you know, just the, the written word. But the power of even the spoken word. And then there's also another step. The power of the living out of the word. I know most any time you go to two, if you go to very many preaching conferences and if it's directed toward the ministry and, and them alone, a lot of times some, uh, it won't be too many times that you gather there that they won't mention you've got to live what you preach. In fact, you're better off to live above what you preach. It's possible, man, because the preaching won't be in no effect if you don't live it, if you don't practice what you preach, you know. That little statement, do what I say, not what I do, just really doesn't work. That's true with parents. That's true with us. It's true with the church. It, it's true with any individual, you know. Uh, we, can, we can stand in the corner or sit up on the seat and instruct and tell everybody else how to do it. But if we fail to do it, you know, that don't impact, you know. Have you ever, and just let me throw this in here. Definitely not throwing it at nobody, okay. But um, have, you ever, but have you ever worked for somebody and maybe you worked along beside them before they became a boss? And you kind of wonder how in the world did they become a boss? Because when you worked along beside them, you, you pulled them, you drugged them, you encouraged them, you've done everything to get them to do something. And now all of a sudden they become the boss and man, they want to write you up before you know it. They, they, man, they want to fire you, they want to do this. And, uh, you know, I've talked to bosses at the shipyard before and I, and I tell them, I said, man, that's the easy way out. Write them up. 
Viral. That's the easy way out. Why don't you take the time and invest in them and try to make something out of them? I mean, some of these kids, and they were kids, 18-year-olds come out of high school. You don't know what kind of home they come out of, what kind of dad, if they had a dad. And so society and us, because we get so selfish and we don't want to spend the time with them, man, I, <laughs> we become so self-centered and we've been here for 30 years and... <laughs> Hey, I've worked with guys and, and watch them work. With the, they thought they ought to knew as much as they did, and they've been there 30 years. And they want to treat that guy like he's supposed to know everything they know. That's well, the same way in the church sometimes, too. Sometimes in the house of God. And then there's some just never get it. They just, they're not gifted, don't not talented. It's not their call. It's not their place to be. And so, you know what needs to happen a lot of times? And I know we could jump up again and fire them. But you know what? Best thing to do is begin to talk to them and say, hey, you know, this, this is not your cup of tea. You ought to try to find something else. Instead of getting a mark against you or getting fired, the best thing for you to do is, is, is begin to look. You know, even inside this company, there's a place that, you know what, you could really benefit this company. I'm, I'm talking already this morning. I, you know, same way in the house of God, in the kingdom of God. A lot of times we all want positions and places of our own desires and passions and self-callings. Instead of really just saying, God, where do you want me? Paul made it plain to us that he fitly joins us together. He puts us in these places. Why? Because that's where we can be defend him the most. That's the reason you and I must learn where, where God plants us. You, you can't outperform that. I don't care where you go and what you get involved in. You can't outperform where God plants you. And where you in the, the will or the perfect will of God. Regardless of what man says. Regardless of what parent says. Regardless of what pastor says. Amen. All of that don't, ain't going to amount to much. When it's all said and done. I don't know how I got on all that. But here we are. But anyway. The word made flesh. The word made flesh. John 1 and 1 and 14. We've heard these scriptures quite often. This is some of our favorite scriptures. For what? What do we want? Most of the time we address these two scriptures. We really the title should be what? One God. It's all about one God. Amen. Because they are, really. They are the very strongholds of, of the, the backing of the scripture. Amen. Of, of the word of God. And, you know, you, you hear people talk about, you know, and sometimes, come on, folks. Sometimes you got to get where they are at. When you're living in a society, uh, people that never been to church, don't know nothing about the Bible, don't know nothing about God. Amen. We need to be careful not to make light of them or fun of them when they may make statements like this would did God leave all of heaven to come down here in a, in a, in a man see what's this if everybody get the first revelation what is God what, is, what was God yesterday what's God today what's God going to be tomorrow What's God going to be out throughout eternity? 
you can get that revelation, the one God deal is not really a big problem. But as long as you're thinking through a carnal mind or an earthly mind and the best that you can deal with life is through these means and avenues, you have the opinion because there's been individuals that step behind pulpits and give rights and give, draws a picture that God some this old gray-headed to, and this day a time with a gray goat teat. <laughs> Amen. Sitting up there on a crutch, you know, on a, telling his son to go get... Of course, we got these other things like this. I got a little white picket fence house up there. Amen. My little. I could go on to a few other places, but I won't. But again, that's the world we're in. That's the time we're in. So God help us. Help us to be wise. Help us to be uh, Holy Ghost minded. Help us to be soul minded. Man, because that's really what it's all about. So, let's look at this. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 14th verse says, and the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Remember, in parentheses, these are addits, is what we're informed or told. And this is a good one, no doubt they would probably say. And we beheld His glory, the glory of, uh, as of the only begotten of the Father, Full of grace and truth. Moses brought the law, but Jesus Christ brought grace and truth. The first Adam was a living soul. The second Adam being Jesus Christ with a quickening spirit. Think about that one a second. Why? What is the word? What is the word? What was God? So. How many wants to become spiritual? Real spiritual for God. You know one of the best ways you can do that? What is it? Read the Word. Read the Word. Why? The Word is spiritual. It really is. I'm going to show you that a little later on. We was in last week's lesson. He talked about the bread. He talked about his body. He goes on to say, but his words were spirit. It wouldn't, you and I, or would either would they literally take the body of Jesus and eat it. Huh. But it's his word. And folks, this is important. Because we're living in a world today that has taken the word. The letter, this book even. I just wonder how many denominations we got coming out of this one book. How many theories and ideals and doctrines and opinions. But wait a minute. How can that be? When this book says that God is not the author of confusion. And so now we begin to realize how important it really is to have a love for this. If, if you and I don't have a desire to read this on a daily basis. Then our actions is telling God that we really don't want to have a daily basis. Our relationship, our fellowship with him. Now we begin to see why it's important about prayer. It's important about reading the Bible. It's important these things. Because that's who and what we are. 
That's what's going to sustain us. That's what's going to bring us out. So God help us. I want to read it more than I've ever read it. I want to study it. No, I don't expect to become a, a Bishop Odom. I don't expect to become a Nathaniel Urshan. Amen. Or, amen. Or, or any of the rest of them of that caliber. But you know what? That doesn't bother me. You know what? I pray for those men. God's blessing them and using them. And they're bearing some great responsibilities. And they need our prayers. I want God to make them successful. I'm praying for all the pastors. Hey, I literally, and I practice this again. It's just me. You don't do it. Don't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't no doctrine. <laughs> I can promise you that. But I, I on purpose pray for some of the large churches and their pastors. And I also on purpose pray for some churches that are smaller and their pastors. And I even pray for some that God, that I don't even know who they are, but maybe they're only running five. But I pray for that church and that pastor because my personal opinion, they all need our prayers. You're never going to reach a place no matter how much, how big your church becomes. And I'm talking about just local assemblies and the numbers and things of that nature. Amen. That you're never going to need the prayers. Oh, yeah, you're going to need them. You're going to need the prayers. You're going to need the blessing of faith. We need God. We need God. We need God to help us. Amen. So, I'm really not sure just how I'm going to handle this. I'm going to. I'm going to follow the lesson probably some in pretty good bit. Uh, but, but hopefully and prayerfully I can bring some other thoughts out. Amen. About the word itself. The word. The word. Amen. And, and God. Because you cannot separate the word God and Jesus Christ. They're all in and the same. They all intertwined and works together. Amen. And uh, uh, so. But. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you something. Is the word that I'm holding my hand this morning, is this all that we can know about God? Is this everything? It's not. It's not. But what was the purpose of the word now? What was God doing? When you speak to somebody, what are, what are you doing? You instruct them or if you ask them something. Or you reveal something. Uh, a disclosure. What, what are you doing? When you, when you talk about it in this manner. Especially in areas where it becomes personal. And a personal fight. If you and I want to know God on a personal basis. This is one, not all, but one of the most powerful tools that has been given to mankind. To know God in a personal. And I'm talking about him revealing himself unto us. Him declaring himself, manifesting himself. That's what this is all about. Because God wanted to make himself known unto his own creation. He didn't expect us to try to just find this all by ourselves. And 
and have the power of the ability on our own to save ourselves. So he's gave us a blueprint. He, gave, he has given us an instruction book. I mean, have you ever tried to put something together and you just kind of turned the box around and using the picture? Because you didn't want to take the time to read the instructions. And I have to admit, and I believe you will too if you've done it too many times, sometimes the instructions do a poor job of giving instruction. I mean, one time, Sister Moore and I was fixing to put something together, and, and they, they said, well, it only takes 15 minutes to put it together. I said, yeah, but let me tell you what they've done. They have put that thing together 100 times, amen, prior before they wrote the instructions. They know all the ins and outs. They don't have to read nothing. They know every part. They know exactly where it's going. And so they don't time none of that. I'm going to talk to you a little bit this morning. That's the way people want to do God. That's the way people want to do church. Amen. They want to come around all the instructions and bypass all of that. And God just makes me good and make me go to heaven. All my baggage with everything else I've got. Instead of coming back and saying, you know what? I think I'd go back to the manual. Has anybody ever had to do like I've done? Sometimes you start trying to put the thing together and finally you stop. Go over and get your cup of coffee. You go get the manual, go get the instruction book. <laughs> like it or not, I want to hurry up and get through with this because I really don't take a lot of joy. I don't get a lot of glory putting that stuff together. For my wife, for my kids, or for you, or for anybody else, okay? <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> I'm just being honest. Amen. And, and so, but finally, you reach that point in place. You know what? I got to get some instructions here. I see some parts and pieces. And you know what else is something I've learned about doing that kind of stuff? If you got anything else left over, the best thing that you can do before anybody else sees it, put it in a bag, put it up somewhere, and hide it. Because the first thing they're going to do, walk up and say, what's that left over? You must have left something undone. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You know. So God has given, given us a manual, a man, that I promise you, this God can pick up all the fragments. Pick up all the broken pieces. If we'll just fall in love with this right here. And have the passion and the affection to start reading it. To the very best of our ability. There's something about the God that we serve. Amen. That he can breathe upon us. And he can move upon us. And not only will he do that. He's given us gifts. And these gifts is a five-fold ministry. And voices of God. They may be through earthen vessels. But if these earthen vessels. Amen. Has humbled themselves. And yielded themselves. And given themselves. And follow the example of the prime one. The prime example called Jesus Christ that was all his flesh as much as you and I are flesh today but he humbled and yielded himself to what? to the word to the word he makes it plain these are not my words these are not my works they're my father's and so when you begin to look at this and begin to realize the word becoming flesh I wonder if God's intent, I'm jumping on stuff here I wouldn't even think, but anyway. Uh, who are we to follow after? Who's the prime example? Who left, who, the writer said he, he left us an example. And so, if Jesus Christ was the word of God, and I know you can't take this, I believe you can't take this out of out of place. And, and they're doing it. They're doing it. We're, we're, we're going to, and you're going to probably see more of this. As they broaden up 
what they feel is acceptable unto God and that you can make it. You'd be shocked the people that lives in our, our world that depends upon the pulpit that they sit before. And if that pulpit okays, whatever it okays, they, 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 they take it in. They accept it. It doesn't matter how incorrect it is with the Word of God and with traditions and, and, and things that the church once stood for. And I'm not just talking about our local assembly. I told somebody this week that you will see, and I'm just going to tell it, you will see the Catholic Church have homosexuals and lesbians in their pulpits. It's coming. Amen. And you're going to see it more and more often. Amen. The, the Methodist Church, they're not going to stop there. They're going to go to the, this one and that one. And if you and I are not careful as apostolics and Pentecostals, if we don't stay strong and we don't stay committed, and can I, be, can I be honest right here? Can I just really be honest right here? We hadn't stayed as strong as we should have in some areas. So that makes me a little, little nervous about this one too because we are not as strong as maybe we have, should have been and ought to have been in some other areas. And so slowly but surely, the inroads is caving in. And I want to tell you, I don't know how big we are and how mighty we are. You keep caving in. You keep, you keep allowing your doctrines and you keep allowing the individuals that say, you know what, I got the Holy Ghost and I got the right. But I'm going to tell you something. We still all got to stay in the framework of this written word of God. This written word of God. We got to stay inside the frameworks of it. It doesn't matter what anybody says or thinks. When we get outside the framework of this, this uh, we outside the framework of God and Jesus Christ himself. And no word do we have the right. Amen. Or the privilege even. To try. We're warned. We're warned more than a couple of times. Not to add or to take from this. So I'm telling you, if we've ever had a generation that need God to help us. God, we need God's help. Because we're living in a world that's, everybody's becoming educated and, Everybody's in the, in the age of information at a touch of a button. There's so much exposure now. Hmm. Amen. I remember a time we may not go to certain rallies because of certain events or certain things. Because that pastor didn't want his flock exposed to that. And, amen. Because he knew the best thing to do if they don't get exposed to it, enlightened to it. That's an old trick of the enemy. How do you know that? Who brought up the subject of the tree? Who brought it to Eve's attention? It wasn't even a topic. I don't think, I don't think Adam and Eve sit around, amen, at supper, at supper every evening talking about the tree. The good possibility that conversation maybe only come up one time. And we really don't know where Eve got the idea not to touch it, except most believes possibly from Adam. Just as an extra precaution. The best thing that you and I can do is don't even touch that thing. Best thing we can do, don't never sit under it. It doesn't matter how hot it is and how much attraction it's got. Because the lust of the eyes, amen, that drawing, that luring power of it. And so thank God for his word that's forever settled. And it was and it still is. So Lord, help me here this morning. Uh, as we begin to look at this, and, and the writer of it begins to talk about it, and uh, I'm, I'm going to do my best just to try to follow some scriptures here and then go from that. And hopefully we can throw some good, you know, some nuggets in here that will help us some, amen, because I want us to understand, if nothing else, understand the Word of God is all about God. 
And, and, and watch this. When you talk about locusts, I, I'll get there in a minute. So let's, let's look at this. When you look at in the beginning was the word. And so we understand the eternally outgoing or, or self-manifesting of God as the word. Amen. That's the reason when you go to Genesis 1 and 1 and he says, In the beginning God created heaven and the earth. Amen. How do we know he done that? And, and I may relate back to this again. Amen. What was the, what's the first thing we, we, that's recorded that we know about scripture that God said? Let there be light. Wow. Now, if you start connecting all the dots about light, what, what, is, what, what do you and I want to walk in today? Light. Who is light? Who is a light unto all men? It doesn't matter who they are. But light, amen. And so, so even the Greek term of this, is, as, as we may mention a little later on, as we look at some of this and, and we watch some of the scriptures unfold of who Jesus Christ really was. As the word, amen. Amen. The spoken word and that creation. And we're going to know before the foundations of the earth was ever laid, amen. This man called Jesus was also going to be already, already being brought, amen, to us and let us to know who he is and what he is, so as we look at this in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. John's 1 and 18. Brother Queen, if you don't mind, walk outside there and just walk around out there. There's somebody, I've seen somebody flashing. Anyway, just check it out. I don't think it's nothing, but I'd feel better if you just check it out. John 1 and 18. No man hath seen God at any time. No man has seen God. At any, you can't see a spirit. Man, if we can just get that right there nailed down into our spirits and our hearts, our soul. Amen. God is a spirit. Nothing ever changes that. <laughs> Amen. God is a spirit. Amen. The only begotten at any time, the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. He has declared or manifested him. So the only God that you and I are ever going to see as a God amen is the man or the person Jesus Christ. That's the reason we don't believe in two persons in the Godhead or three persons in the Godhead or different, a different power, authority, a deity outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, God. God's all alone. And God, amen, watch this. Now God to fill Jesus with, without measure. Amen. But that doesn't mean he, 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 he vacated heaven or vacated all the galaxies and all the earth. God is omnipresent. That means he's in all places. That means he fills up all the yesterdays, today, and all your tomorrows. He's already got them filled up. He's already got them out. He's already got it all planned together. Oh, that's what makes him the almighty God, the sovereign God that he is to rule and reign in the affairs of all men. That's the reason the devil can only do what God allows him to do. Amen. The devil was created to, amen, and because he allowed proud and evil iniquity found in him, amen, that through this process, I look, but God's only allowing him, suffering, giving him permission, amen, to do what he does. God, anytime he gets ready, he can stop him, and he's going to. He's going to. He's got a place for him. We know this. We, how do we know that? <laughs> how do we know where our destination's at? 
how, how, how can we face today and tomorrow and six months from now? Regardless of the phone calls, regardless of what happens or takes place. We know that we, by the word, amen, we know what's laid up. We know the inheritance is waiting on us. That's the reason Paul instructed us to get our eyes on heavenly things and not earthly things. Don't get so caught up in trying to attain earthly things that you lose your heavenly vision. Amen. No. Amen. The real, real, real deal, amen, is keeping our eyes on heaven and keeping ourselves in a position, in a place by the word of God, by the touch of the Holy Ghost, by the leading hand of Jesus, because the Sunday of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. It's light. It's light. And you know what? Hallelujah. I hadn't walked in the fullness of this light yet. I'm just going to keep on walking though. Amen. In this light you got to continue on. And I don't believe that doctrine where well, well if you just want whatever light you've been revealed. I don't really believe that. I believe in a sure foundation by the Word of God that a man must repent. That a man must be baptized in the, in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the baptism. Of the Holy. I believe what Jesus John taught us. Amen. In that third chapter a man must be born again of the water the spirit but there from that place amen you got to start walking in the light you got to start being led by the spirit you can't serve man and, and God you can't serve the flesh and the spirit no by the word of God I know this this is what we hunger and thirst and pursue and reach for on a daily basis as long as this is what it's all about why because Jesus Christ gave us that example you know, I still ponder and wonder sometimes his first 30 years of life Amen. Being who he was. Having the understanding of the revelation. Knowing what was coming and what was going to take place. He could look at individuals. He knew. He knew who was going to betray him the day he chose him. But nowhere in that three and a half years of that ministry could any other disciples pick up on it. Never did. Amen. This is what makes Jesus and the word of God so powerful. So, so awesome and so real. The word is unchangeable. Our God changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word has not changed. Sin, if it was sin yesterday or sin 50 years ago, it's still sin today and it'll be sin 50 years from now. Sin is sin. Amen. And so what the word of God is the word of God. And so if we'll just allow the word of God to be the word of God in our lives. Regardless of how we feel. Regardless of our opinions about it. Regardless of everything that's happened to us in the past. Today, amen, God, I'm going to take you at your word. And when you speak it, amen, into my mind, to my heart, and my spirit. Through a vision, through a dream, or through the preaching of the word of God. Hallelujah. When I know it's your word. Hallelujah. And you know there is a difference. Hallelujah, you know really. If you're not, then you know what? God's not the author of confusion. Hallelujah, if you're not real sure about it, you know what you're going to do and what I need to do is pray about it. Okay, God, hallelujah, you're not the author of confusion and I'm not real sure about this. If you don't mind, speak to me. Hallelujah, show me. Let me make sure I'm walking in the right way. I don't walk in the spirit of error. I don't walk in the spirit of, of traditions of men. Hallelujah, the philosophy of me and God that's got this strained tongue and under a different power. Amen, of the demonic forces and the powers of evilness and darkness, amen, to deceive many. You're going to be shocked. This world is going to be shocked of how many think that they're going to heaven, but they're not because they never fell in love with this. Never took the time to read it and study it for themselves. Amen. <laughs> so, man, I'm, I'm, so as we move from that, when you look at that, and, amen, and, and so 
So no man has seen God at any time. Colossians 1 and 15 says, Who is the image of the what? He's an invisible God. <laughs> when you talk about God, God, God himself, he's invisible. You can't see them. The firstborn of every creature, talking about Jesus Christ here now. Man, John 1 and 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Let me back up. Go to 1 Timothy 1 and 17. I didn't get these here, but I, I, I put them down for, to put up here. Now to the king eternal, immortal. Immortal there actually in Greek means light. That's the reason Jesus Christ, his flesh was not going to decay. He was not going to rot. He was going to only be three days, amen, in that grave. Why? Because there was no sin found in him. The wages of sin is death, decay, and rottenness. Hallelujah. That's the only place sin with the pleasure it's got in it. But there's a payday coming. There's a dead end road coming with it. Hallelujah. But you know what? Light and righteousness and godliness comes by the word of God and by God himself. Hallelujah. We don't put our own righteousness. Our righteousness is filthy rags. But we put on the righteousness of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through the price that he paid, hallelujah, by his grace and truth that came to us. And this is, gives us the liberty and the freedom to walk in the manner and the way that God would have us to do it. That don't make us perfect. That don't mean we do everything perfect and we say everything just right. No, but I tell you what, we don't have to be a servant of sin and we don't have to be a servant of the devil. And then on top of that, we don't have to be servants of that and still claim that we know God as our Father. Can't serve both. So as you look at that, now to the king of Tony Mola, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. We sing honor to him this morning. He does. He deserves all the honor, all the praise, all the glory. Amen. Don't, don't listen to the world. Don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to even your own flesh sometimes. Amen. Your flesh will try to persuade you that God's a million miles away, that God's not working in your life. I promise you God's working for everybody here, for all of us. God's keeping us. God's providing. God's blessing. God's waking away. Uh, that doesn't mean that everything's just going to be taken out of the way and everything's a life of ease and all this. No. No. But he's going to strengthen us. The next one is in 1 Timothy 6 and 16. Again, we're talking about this invisible God. Which is, in his times he shall show who is the blessed only potentate the king of kings and lord of lords this is only about the third time that this is mentioned in the new testament as you look at it who who only hath immortality dwelling in what the light which no man can approach unto watch this 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 god was unapproachable you read sometimes with Moses and, and where the boundaries had to be drawn and were times that he would visit him and others that they came in, in, in that moment in that time, animal or beast. Amen. Animal, beast or, or man would come in. They, they would be killed. They would be through a dart. Amen. And they would they'd be slaughtered. So, so this God, amen, that's inapproachable, this light, you couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. So let's don't get the wrong idea and the wrong opinion here. I've heard, I've heard others. I heard Brother Kilgore and, and Brother Fox, amen, talking about, and I mentioned it several times here in their time of an all-night prayer meeting. 
meeting and the power and the presence of God that they heard literally coming into that building, coming up the steps, coming through the door and walking up the same aisle that they was kneeling down at and praying. And he said, oh, I'd love to tell you that I looked up. I'd love to tell you that I beheld him. But he said, I couldn't do it. He said, I couldn't do it. He said, the next thing I knew, he said, I was running. And the next thing I knew, I was at that apartment's door and right beside me was Brother Kilgore. He couldn't do it either. I mean, there is a place around. So, so we had to have, we had to have a, a, a lamb. We had to have a, a body. We had to have an individual. And when a search was made, no man was found. So God said, you know what? I'll create my own. Isaiah talks about it 9 and 6. He talks about it in 7 and 14. It's going to give us a sign from a virgin. Amen. This man called Jesus. Hallelujah. It's going to have a heavenly father, not an earthly father. Amen. He's going to come in the image and the likeness of God Almighty himself. He's going to make a way that we can know this God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the witness of God and by the power of the written word of God because when you got an ear to hear the power of the spoken word regardless if it's written regardless if it's from a preacher regardless if it's from a song regardless if it's from a prayer meeting when it's the word of God it's the word of God and there's not a devil there's not a circumstance there's not a situation that's the reason it doesn't matter where they come from what kind of dungeons what kind of lifestyles they come from if they got an ear to hear the gospel the good tidings the good news I got a savior that paid a price I got one that can pull me out of the miry clay I got one that can pull me out of darkness. I got one. Amen. I failed here and I failed there. And this organization couldn't help me. And this bunch couldn't help me. But all of a sudden Jesus steps in. That's exactly what happened to the lunatic. Everybody else tried to help him. Everybody else tried to bind him up. But there was only one that could loose him. And that was the word of God manifested in flesh that come walking into his life. That's the reason why you and I ought to have such a passion and a hunger and a thirst for even the, the letter. The written word of God. That's the reason the enemy wars against you. It's amazing to me that you can pick up other, other materials to read it. And I'm not saying not do that. I mean, because sometimes you need to read other materials to get knowledge and insight. But then you can pick up the Bible sometimes. You hadn't been sleeping for three or four hours. And all of a sudden, you start picking the Bible up. want to read it. Man, you read it. You don't even get two or three verses. And you got an enemy. He don't want you to read this thing. He don't want you to know nothing about it. You know why? Because we're begotten by the word of God. David put it, he said, I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you and I don't have a love and a passion for it, amen, of the word itself, we don't know if we're doing right or wrong. Could that be one of the biggest mistakes even in the apostolic and Pentecostal people? It's because we have failed, amen, to, to make sure that our babies and our young people, amen, and all, all of us, hallelujah. I know we've all worked from Dan to Bathsheba trying to make a dollar bill and trying to lay up and try to store them. But what has it cost us? What has it cost us? The Bible says, what comes with knowledge? Power. Power. You ever heard somebody say, they don't pay me for what I do, they pay me for what I know. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's true. I won't say all the time, but sometimes it's true. Somebody experienced, somebody knows and that knows how to fix things. And, and when things happen because of experience, they've been there. Amen. And they got knowledge of it. And they've been able to recall it and remember it and save the company possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars of that knowledge. And they're making the right call at the right time. 
Amen. But I want to tell you something. There's nothing more important than the knowledge of the Word of God and what it's instructing and telling us. Because the Word of God has been written. Amen. Even though it went over a span of hundreds of years. Amen. And there were some 32 writers. Amen. And in the total of it. Hallelujah. And over 15, 1600 span of years of writing it. There was one author. Amen. And that author at the whole time was revealing himself. Making himself known. And personifying it. That's the reason it got the attention. And John's writing in the beginning was the Word. Hallelujah. You know what? It got, the, it got the Greeks' attention and it also got the Jews' attention because they believed in this Jehovah God, but not in the manner and the way that they should have because they wouldn't accept Jesus. And as he goes on and he writes and he talks about that, and I've got to move on from some of that. And so when you move from that, amen, and you go to John 1 and 3, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. But when you go to Hebrews 1 and 1 and 3, watch what the Hebrew writer says here God, who at sun dried times and diver manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by one by his son hallelujah by his spoken word into our lives whom we have appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds hallelujah how in the world he made the worlds this Jesus hallelujah that's the reason you can't separate him hallelujah because God I personally believe that in the first six days of creation God had everything that man was going to ever need also in the plan and the mind of God we'll talk about in just a minute called the Logos Hallelujah, because God knew the ending. Hallelujah, from the beginning. He knew that man was going to fail him. He knew he's going to need a lamb. He knew he's going to need a second Adam. Hallelujah, he created that first Adam. Larry Booker goes as far as telling amen. He believes that second Adam was a spitting image of the first Adam. And what he's talking about in his size, the color of his hair, the color of his eyes, every bit of it in the image. And then the fleshly man. Now you do with that what I want because it's not a doctrine. He, he says the same thing. Hallelujah, but this image. But the difference, one was a living soul. The second one was a quickening spirit. That means bring it back to life. That means bring it. That's what the word of God is spirit. It brings life into us. When you hear it and you receive it as the word of God, it puts something in you that nothing else can. It'll heal your body. It'll heal your mind. It'll turn your dilemmas around. It'll turn your situations around. It'll put a strength and a power and authority in you. Overcome sin and the powers of it. And it'll cause us something about the word of God. So as you watch Jesus now, as the word of God, Amen. The logos of John 1 and 2, the same was in the beginning with God. This plan, the, the expression, amen, of God. Amen. The, the thoughts, amen, that becomes, you know. How many of you ever told somebody, I can't read your mind? My, your, your mind, you got to tell me. Man, if I'm messing up, let me know. If you want me to do something, tell me. I'm not God. I, I can't read your mind. I've had people tell me they, read, they can read my mind. And then they said, I, I was thinking this. and They was wrong. I mean, if they really knew what I thought, they really wouldn't. <laughs> they really wouldn't like me then, but I'm just, hallelujah. But, but I, and I've had them to argue me down. I said, well, God knows, and on judgment day, you'll see. <laughs> God knows. And the intent, the thought, amen. And so the word, the logos, is the, the, the intent, the thought of God expressing it and, and bringing it all about. Amen. So even Revelation, we know the Revelation 13, the Lamb was what? Slain from what? The very foundation of the world. So we know from the very foundation, the very first creation and all of that that took place. Hallelujah. I don't know if I, I got the time, but I'm going to do this. Proverbs 8. And watch this. Watch this in Proverbs 8 and 22. And he's talking about wisdom. And you could talk about the seven spirits. And, and that don't make, you know, before and I talked about this a couple of times off and on. You know, people always, you know, talking about either two gods or three. You know, you never really hear more than that. Well, why don't they have seven? The seven spirits. The Bible talks about seven spirits now. 
don't, don't let that mess you up. But God in the fullness of all seven of them. And these seven spirits is the, is the means of the ways that he deals with earth. And Jesus Christ had, had the power he made of all seven of them. He was without measure. Okay? So, but watch this, what is written to us in, in Proverbs 8. And I'm going to start about the 22nd verse. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways, before his works of old. Before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting and from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills were brought forth. While as yet he had not made thee the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest parts of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. Now these folks want to argue and say the earth is flat. That compass right there is a circle. Is he going to argue with the book? <laughs> the Bible says that he sets upon the circle of the earth. Right here, he's telling us the compass of the earth. That's what he's like. I mean, you know, you don't see square compasses. Man, you see round ones. Okay, I just thought I'd throw it in there. You do with it what you want. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandments, when he appointed the fountains of the earth. Are you, are you getting this? I'm here before any of this ever come up beside him. This is God. Those spirits, the powers of making God who he is and all that he is. Amen. I won't read the rest of it. We'll try to move on to try to. Amen. So, so what makes Jesus so powerful? What, what in, in, as, the, as the, the, the word becoming flesh, how did he begin to receive? We know by creation that God spoke. And, amen. And we, we see everything. Psalmist talks about a lot. Spoke into existence. The creation. The, the fowls of the air. The beast of the field. There's only one thing that he formed. And that was man. Outside of that he spoke it into creation. And he spoke into it life. Life giving abilities and powers. He also done man that way. I could say something about that. But I'm going to go on. Okay. But I do believe this. I believe God, there's some laws, and I believe there's some upon this earth that God has left into our hands. And by our own choosing, we can bring destruction or we can bring life. It's up to us. Because when we took of that fruit, we became as gods. Not in the sense as God himself as being but the power of choosing. So you see, the creation itself, the blue jay, the red birds, all those, they're never, they're, they're, their nature is never going to change. But we can make the right decisions that our nature can change. We can take on his nature, his spirit. And by the law of his spirit, gives us the ability and the power to overcome our nature. The law of sin. But it's a choice. It's having the ear to hear what the Spirit has to say. Well, how are you going to hear the Spirit? What did we already confirm that this is what? If you really want to know what the Spirit has to say, just really begin to read and study this. Meditate, pray over it. It'll work hand in hand. 
it'll work together and bring about what, what God wants to bring about. But let's watch the words of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. When you go to John 6 and 63. Amen. This is last week's lesson. But watch what he says. The words, plural, that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that Jesus would speak to us. Let's look at a few examples of these. Amen. In John 4 and 50. Amen. We're going to see here where we see that Jesus said him go thy way thy son liveth and, and what this was was a man that came to him a man that had a son that was a point of death and he, Jesus questions him he said uh, that you you know you got to have signs and wonders and, and he said he said no let at thy word and he said because he believed if you go on and watch and read the whole and I won't take the time to do that because then finish up that verse it says and the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and he went his way and so he's on his way he's going to I, he believed his word he took him at his word no lightning didn't pop nothing didn't blow his hair back he just took him at his word <laughs> Jesus words now this is a man he just took Jesus at his word that that his son they made it's going to be healed it's going to be all right it's going to live amen and so he's on his way home a servant meets him before he gets there and said hey hey your son's all right he he's good he said he said he began to inquire he began to ask him he said when did this take place he said yesterday about the seventh hour the same hour or the same moment that I was speaking to Jesus and I received his word that's the reason sometimes you ain't got to wait on a miracle you just receive the word Amen. That's the reason you ain't got to wait on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You just got to sell out to it. Amen. When all that, all those dots get right, honey, I'm telling you, it's going to show up. Hallelujah. It's going to, the promise is going to be fulfilled. That's the reason the Bible says all promises are yea and amen in who? In Christ Jesus. He come to pay a price and then now whosoever will, let him come. Not just to the Jews or not just to the chosen one, but it's whosoever will. It's whoever's got a heart and a mind and an ear to hear it and believe it and willing to live it and willing, amen, to walk in the, even sometimes walking by faith and Hallelujah, walking by hope and by faith until you, you attain it. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to believe him. It's his word. You see again in, in, in John 11 and 43 with Lazarus. Amen. How, to, how when he thus had spoken, he cried with what? A loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus. And even that grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold Lazarus. But he come forth. Now we're getting an idea of the power of the word and the power of the spoken word. And now this one called Jesus, a man has become that word, that word, a man that can speak. Uh, how would you like it sometimes just kind of have that power and authority? A man, you know, when that kid's cutting up and you just tell him, hey, I say to shut up, sit down, be quiet. Then we move from that, it goes to the light. The light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. We're all in darkness until we're brought to him and brought to truth and experiencing him. Man, we're in darkness. You know, we're in transgressions and sin until the light comes. And so the light comes the same way the Spirit comes. The light came by Jesus Christ. Just like life comes by Jesus Christ. And the life for all men. That eternal life. That measure. Amen. That helps us. Leads us to eternal words. What did Peter say about him? Last week. Whenever everybody was forsaken him. And they couldn't receive the words. Because they was hard words. And, and all of the disciples left him. Except the chosen ones. And Peter's. You know. He, he makes them true to whom? 
to whom there's not going to be anyone else. There's only one Jesus. I don't believe there's going to be another Jesus. And I don't believe in this other earth and all this, you know. You can get far out there in some of this stuff and start, man, it get you down all kind of, all kind of rabbit trails and things of that nature. And that's all what that's about. Scripture, Paul, he warned us. Hey, man, some questions, you don't even address them. Hey, man, about genealogies and all this other stuff. You know, it's foolishness. And that's all it is. They're just trying to take up your time and trying to play, find places, amen, to, to cause arguments and things of that nature. Hey, amen. Don't put your pearl before the swine. If they don't want to believe it, that's your privilege. I'm going to still love them. I'm going to still pray for them. I'm going to still be the friend they would like to be. I'm not going to get mad at them. I'm not going to mistreat nobody. Amen. It's up to them. I'm just sowing the seed. Amen. And, and I don't pick the soil to throw it on. Man, I, I, we just got to be sowers of it. Amen. That's what he talks about. As you go on here where John the Baptist says, and he talks about this light. And then I'm going to move on. Brother Bernard, I'm going to bypass quite a few scriptures. I'm going to go to John 1 and 10. Amen, for just time's sake here. Well, let me back up to John 1 and 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for what? He came to be a witness. Amen, a witness of what? A witness of, of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Now, he came to be a witness of him. Amen. And the, if you read your lesson, the writer talks about that, that we become as John to become a witness. Amen. We're not Jesus, but yet we're, in a sense, we're little Jesus. We're, we're spiritual epistles that are read and known of all men. We're the walking word. And the power of our word sometimes. The Bible says there's life and death in the tongue. That's the reason you and I need to be careful what we say and what kind of conversations we, we get involved in. Hallelujah. And what we're going to get lured into and what we allow just to, you know, when we get frustrated. The Bible says be angry and sin not. You know why? Because when you're angry, you're more prone to say things you wouldn't have said otherwise. So because the power of the word here. And so it's, watch this. A witness named John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of what? What's he going to bear witness of? The light, light, notice it's capitalized there. Amen. The light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was what? A true light. It's none other but Jesus Christ that we're talking about here, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every man that cometh into the world. Amen. Jesus, amen. That's the reason it's written in the book. Amen. That whosoever believe him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you believe in him and you begin to call on him and you begin to cry out, to him and you begin to search him as the scriptures have taught of him amen with honesty and with sincerity amen now now what's happened a lot of places hallelujah they just stopped that they just started well he'll just make confession amen that he's your personal savior without any changing without any rearranging without any any real light coming in but to continue to walk in darkness and continue to walk in their own way of thinking and operation i'm gonna tell you something the bible makes it very plain this same writer makes it very plain to us in john the 14th chapter amen that we got to have one to lead us in all truth and righteousness and what is that that one is the spirit of God that one is Jesus Christ that one is the word of God that leads us it comforts us it leads us and guides us and without that amen we can't be led we're still in darkness oh yeah we're learning scriptures and we're quoting scripture but never coming to the knowledge of the truth the truth is what makes us free the truth is what sets us free truth is what puts something inside of us that nothing else can man don't have anything else with all of his booze and with all of his drugs and with everything else he's God he will never make the man what God can make the man hallelujah amen with that light that shines in us that revelation that moves in us that word that comes alive within us and that's what Jesus was as he walked amen and that word became flesh and dwelt among us 
That's what John's writings talks about as we beheld him and, and talks about as we even handled him. And he was there when they placed him on that donkey. He was there when they watched these things unfolded and take place. The tenth verse, let me let me go on. I, I know. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He was in the world. The world was made by this one called Jesus. The one insane. As he flows and operates, he came into his own, his own received him now. But as many as received him to what? To them he gave him power to be what? Come what? The sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Man, a lot of people don't want to put enough emphasis on the name. But the power, the authorities in the name. The name, the name. You got to, you got to, hallelujah. You can write a million dollar check, but if you can't sign it. Amen. Father, you can't put on their son. Amen. You can't put on there whatever business or, or, or position you have in life as far as a welder or electrician or a plumber or a hardware owner or, or whatever it might be. You can put pastor. You can put evangelist. Amen. They're not going to, you know, when we write a check to these evangelists, they don't go home. They don't even go to the bank. Amen. We've got their name on there. I don't write on, you know, pay to the order of evangelist. I wonder how far that one would go. Maybe we ought to try that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have a feeling we'll get some phone calls. I have a feeling some of us start looking at it. You know, after it happens one time from then on, buddy. I want my name on it. I want my name on it. God just wants his name on his bride. I'd have never took a bride that wasn't willing to take my name. She didn't want my name. She didn't want me. I mean, I had enough to offer, but you're still taking the name. Hallelujah. The name, amen. The name makes all the difference in the world that believes on his name. Amen. You've got to believe on that name, which we're born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of man, but of God. We've been born again. Hallelujah. That's what the word of God, it causes us to be born again. Hallelujah. This flesh, amen. Hallelujah. You're born again by the word of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. John bare witness of him and cried, this was he of whom I spake he that cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me now wait a minute Jesus was six months born six months after John how in the world could he be before him how could Jesus be before John it's in the scriptures now six months between the two go back to Luke 1 Read it. It's there. But John said, he's before me. And John's writing again in Revelation. And I brought that one out. Before the very foundations of the earth, of the world. Jesus. Watch this. I don't know if any of you, but here lately, Brother Ford mentioned it. was talking a bit yesterday morning. and Talking about uh, brother, uh, one of the brothers preaching on about the us in Genesis. And I heard uh, Brother Urshan mention this. Here recently, talking about that us in Genesis. Let us make man in, in our image. A man. And he, he says, he believes also that it was God speaking as though in, the, in that future. A man. That in that time, that he knew what's going to happen. And it does. And the New Testament talks about God can speak to those things as though they already happen. Even though they have not. He has a power and ability to speak that. He does it through the word of God. He does it through prophecy. And so when he talks about this us, let us make man. And some believes it's Moses. He's talking to Moses. Let us make man. Amen. And some may believe it's angels. Hallelujah. But we know one thing. Thank God that we's made. <laughs> Both male and female. And God wasn't confused when he made them. It's man that can confuse. The word of God's not confused about it either. The word of God knows how to dress us. <laughs> 
He knows how to keep us separated. Well, God don't believe in all that separation. Then why did he separate the heavens? Why did he separate the dirt from men from the waters? God, before he ever made it a man, he did a lot of separating. You've got to have separation. If you're going to have life, if you're going to have anything to mount anything, buddy, there's got to be some separation. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to move on from some of this. And so when it moves from that, uh, the 18th verse, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in what? The bosom of the father. They, they liken this into obey the bosom itself. That, the, the bosom, amen, the bosom of the Father and the presence of power. But also it, the, the Greek and the Hebrew words they talk about as a bay, amen. And of course here Jesus in that bay of that fullness of him. You just have to go back and look a little more into that to get the full. That he have what? Declared him. Jesus Christ has declared him. He fulfilled the prophecies as he spoke, as he moved, as he, as he operated among them. As he raised the dead. As he spoke to the cripple. As he spoke to the lame. As the power of his word, amen, that made him God. Amen. That's the reason he didn't have to have a sword. That's the reason he didn't have to have a lot of those things. Amen. That's the reason sometimes he would just he would just walk away and disappear and they couldn't get him. When times they wanted to enthrone him and put him because he was God manifested in the flesh. Amen. It's not like him. Amen. Amen. Upon this earth or during this time. When you look at John 3 and 26 they came unto John and said unto him Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan to whom thou bearest witness behold the same baptizes them. All men come to him. John answered and said and man can receive nothing except it be given for him from heaven. Ye, ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. I am not the Christ, but I was sent before him. Amen. To be a forerunner. To be a voice out of the wilderness. Go back to Isaiah. I'm fulfilling what Isaiah prophesied. I am not, I'm not the groom. Hallelujah. I'm just the best man. And I, I, I'm joyed at the voice, amen, of this groom called Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he goes on to tell us. He said, I must decrease while he increases. Hallelujah. And you know what? That's what you and I got to do as we stand here this morning. I hope I've said something here this morning to help you to understand. And help you to realize the power of the written word of God, first of all. Amen. The written word of God is God himself that declares himself. That's what trying to make himself known unto us. Amen. Amen. But yet, even with the written word of God, it's not all the fullness of him and everything of who and what he is. Hallelujah. But yet, there is more than enough in the written word of God to save us. There's more than enough. I've had people tell me about, you know, the translations and things of this nature. I tell them, look, I'm going to tell you something. If you get your King James Bible, amen, and you start reading, obey what What's in this book? If you can't be saved, what this is taught, just forget it. All oh, this is just uh, just a make believe. It don't know existence, but it won't take on reading it and practicing it and believing it. It begins to show up, and you and I both know, Amen. By the power and the authority of the Word of God, it comes alive in our hearts and alive in our minds and our spirit as we walk in the beautiful light and the transforming powers of God. Hey, I'm glad to, that today I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. That I have been transformed. Hallelujah! Not it transformed myself because my own transformation won't get it done but I've yielded to a word I've yielded to a voice I yielded to a man of God I yielded to a church and to a doctrine of churches a man that has molded me and fashioned me and making me into his image and into his likeness not only in the earthly a manner but also in the heavenly transforming power that's the reason it's a spirit that's the reason the word of God is spiritual that's the reason we change in the makeup of our spirit of who and what we are the power of the written word of God a man that has come alive. That's the reason the grave couldn't hold him. No sin was found. No unrighteous. There was so much more in this lesson. If you go back and look at it. Amen. So much that we could have 
uh, talked about and brought to your attention here today. And time just wouldn't allow us uh, to cover everything. But you know what? Let's make up in our minds this morning. I'm going to walk in that newness of life. I'm going to purpose in my mind and heart and spirit like never before. I'm not saying we haven't been. I'm just, I'm just, I haven't attained. I'm still pushing, buddy. I'm still pulling. Amen. To be more like him. To be the vessel he wants us to be. I don't know if you ever, Bishop Odom told us this week, he said, you never, preacher, you never get to the place that you arrived at that place. He said, man, I'm pushing, I'm closer to 80 now than I am 75. And he says, I've been preaching this gospel for 60 years. He said, but you still got to prove yourself. You never get out of that place of proving yourself and making that calling election sure and living for God. But you know what? If that's good for a preacher, it's good for a saint of God. You never arrived to that point and place that you got it made. You better watch that spirit. You better watch that attitude. Hallelujah. First you should know the enemy will be slipping. In. And you'll start believing things you didn't believe. You'll start practicing things you once didn't practice. You'll start yourself because this old man, there's no good thing in him. Hallelujah. Old gravity will pull you right back down to that old nature and to those old desires and passions. But God, I want my fresh and you and God all over again today and coming to the house of God, seeing a move of the Holy Ghost, seeing a move of Jesus Christ, seeing babies born, seeing miracles taking place. That's what church is all about. But you and I got to expect them. We got to pull up in that parking lot with an attitude and a spirit. I believe. God's going to show up in this place today. I believe God's going, man, going to move up on our lives. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be late. I'm going to be early. I'm going to do what I can to bring the wood that I can. I'm going to build as big as fire as we possibly can for the kingdom of God and for the move of the Holy Ghost. Our community needs it. Our families need it. Our loved ones around us need it. They need to experience God and know that they need God. I've been praying for certain ones of this local assembly. They're not coming now, but we're praying they will. That they would see the need of God in their lives. See the need of God. Amen. Because everybody needs God. and The word of God. and The power. Hallelujah. You're thankful this morning that the word became flesh. Where would you and I be today as Gentiles? If the word had not became flesh. Became that lamb to pay a price. Give you and I an opportunity. The people that was without hope. Without promise. But now through Jesus Christ. We have hope. We got some promises. We got some inheritance. Let's get a hold of them. Let's let them get a hold of us, church. Let's have revival like we've never had it. Let's have visitations and moves of God upon our lives and upon our souls. God's got it for us. God's got the table spread. God wants to do some great and powerful things right here in this local assembly. Amen. And you and I can tame it and have it. We'll just pay the price. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you again today. God bless you. We appreciate you so much. Come back tonight. Amen. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. 4.30. Uh, the choir be practicing. The praise singers will be practicing. All right. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.